Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome in to Loretta McNary Live, and it's Wednesday, the third Wednesday of the month, so it is Loretta McNary Live. Wednesdays with Ina Burrell. She's our fashion and PR guru, and she has picked an amazing topic today, one I'm so excited to learn more about and fascinated, just about the topic, which is um, tech fashion. So you're not only you not can tell us <laughs> and get us to really understand it and get excited about it, but she's going to be joining us shortly. I wanted to, for those who have not listened to the show what she's on, she is amazing. All things social media, how it relates to branding, crisis, communication, um, growing your brand, creating a brand, and social how to use social media for it. And she's been doing the show with me almost a year now, and it has been amazing. It has truly been amazing. So our guest today is Ina Burrell, and she is the founder and CEO of Glass House Communications, a boutique firm specializing in publicity, media relations, entertainment branding, strategic communications, fund development consulting for nonprofits, and a partial list of her clients include um, T-City Life Theater Company, the city of Oakland, Almeda County, the Oakland Chamber, Jeff Glam, Dr. Reverend Joseph Bryant Jr., photographer Atard Henderson. You know, she works with people with some great names, I tell you, and so many more. She also has 10 years in the fashion industry. She's the fashion editor for Glam Couture magazine. And let me tell you, she is so brilliant. She is so brilliant. So everybody, welcome to the studio, our co-host today, Ianna Burrell. Hi, Loretta. Thank you for having me. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm excited and fascinated at the same time about our topic today, tech fashion. And I already told her about it. only you, only you would come up with that term. So <laughs> tell us what it is so we can get well, super not, uh, excited and knowledgeable. <laughs> absolutely. As you know, in the whole fashion industry, we have to continually be innovative and we have to be competitive. We have to stay competitive. So one of the things, and this is not necessarily, it's new to some and it really shouldn't be because the whole technology kind of growth has has kind of taken us by, I won't say by surprise, but I think the different applications, things have been so diverse and so in multiple, multiple levels, it's hard to keep up. So just when we talked about a couple months ago, we talked about social media and what do we do and how do we manage it and make sure it's making sense, it's kind of the same with tech fashion. And we did our first, we, meaning the Unsung Figure Production, we did our first technology fashion show a couple weeks ago called Digital Fall. 
And it was basically on the heels of a three-day technology conference with the last day being a hackathon. And that's kind of a conundrum on the words because when we think of hacks, we think of something being broken into, something kind of getting all your information, and it's all bad. But this particular term is used in a positive way. There are a lot of innovators and new technology folks that come together and they kind of share ideas. So on the heels of that, after the conference, after the hackathon day, they wanted to have some fun. And what better way to have some fun than with fashion? So they pulled us in and, and, and wanted us to produce this, this technology fashion show. And so I guess the first thing that came to mind was how, kind of how does this work? Are, are there these designs coming down the runway that have some kind of technology component? Are we going to be beaming up like Star Trek or something like that? It, it, isn't, it isn't that at all. So, because you, you never know. But it did turn out to be a combination. It turned out to be a combination of, one designer that actually had a heartbeat monitor that was built into her design. So you could actually see the rate of your heart going up or down or whatever the case may be, and it kind of lit up. And everybody can see all of this on if you Google Digital Fall <laughs> 2003 or you can Google or go to my Facebook page. And so she – pretty much fused together a designer called a, um, one of the designers that does couture kind of undergarments and corsets with this implemented heart murmur monitor. The designer that does the corsets is called Dark Garden. And so you have this illumination coming down the runway by contortionist. So if you can imagine a contortionist that's twisting and turning and on the floor, yes. and then you have this kind of glow, and then you have the heartbeat going, it's kind of a lot to it's kind of a lot to to look at and kind of take in at one time, all at one time. And sometimes you can get distracted because you are not really paying attention to the design. You you kind of want to, but then you're fascinated by the contortionist. So it was, but it was hugely received and very, very successful. So that, that turned out to be good. It turned out to connect. But the other piece was not necessarily, all the other segments were not necessarily, had a, a technology component. They were just innovative, avant-garde looks. And there are ways to throw an earpiece in, a designer earpiece. So there, you can throw in a really sexy kind of, technology-driven watch onto that. So there's more accessories. We would accessorize a lot of the designs. But that, to me, on the technology kind of fashion show side, is good. But if you were to say tech fashion to most individuals who are immersed, they're really thinking more mobile apps that either have runway shows that you can watch or you can do buying online or you have a lot of fashion, what we call fashion applications, maybe you're putting together an outfit, that kind of thing. But it, it certainly is something that designers will have to pay a lot of attention to, and even we're thinking about what we're going to do for Fashion on the Square 2014 for our 10th annual. It's something that they're going to have to pay attention to because it's becoming extremely competitive in terms of what's the next best, best thing on the runway outside of you look great, beautiful models great clothes. They, we want something else. You know how we are. We kind of, 
we're hungry, we kind of need everything, everything's fast, we have to feed another part of what's going on in the world today when it comes to fashion, and, and we're kind of hungry for that. So that is, in a nutshell, when I, when I talk about or say the word tech fashion or technology fashion or digital fashion or something like that, that's kind of what we're talking about in, in that area. But I wasn't sure. It's really, it has to be really tricky when you begin to promote certain applications. So I wanted to stay away from pointing folks in the direction of certain applications to kind of go after and really just kind of open the broaden conversation around now what does that mean for me as a designer? Or how do I connect? How do I know the right connection or the right technology company to work with? in terms of my liner, how is that going to raise the profit margin? Because everybody is always concerned about making money. How is it going to work in yeah. that regard? So it, that has become this kind of gray area. And for a PR person and a fashion show producer, I almost have to dabble in them all. Not all of them, but in a <laughs> lot of them. <laughs> I have to dabble in a lot of them because I have to do trials. So I'm really waiting for and some have approached already, for technology companies to approach my designers or my particular show and want a platform for their application. So in that regard, it's a really big way for designers to potentially have a technology component that's a sponsor. They could have technology companies that approach them to kind of collaborate in partnership. So it's really, it's really an open playing field. I think it's a, a really good leverage for designers and publicists to be able to say, okay, what's going to be kind of next? And, and, and folks are looking for a partnership on that runway. So they're approaching publicists and, and designers right now, which is really good. It's pretty cool. That is good. And, and that is amazing because, you know, we, we get so fascinated by the next look, the next thing in fashion as it relates to just clothes or accessories or shoes. But now we have mm-hmm. this other world that's really taking care, taking over every part of our world, and that's that technology beast. So how do you infuse? <laughs> how do you infuse them without one, you know, dominating the other? Would probably be a challenge that I would think um, one would have. But I could definitely see, um, you know, the applications or the apps about having fashion shows online. But when you want to really use some some hard technology like in a fashion, like you saying, that heartbeat was mm-hmm. with, with with the contortionist, and then you don't know whether to look at the contortionist, contortionist, <laughs> or the the heartbeat or the fashion. Mm-hmm. So you got three things going on at one time, and so which one, and how do you keep one from dominating the other? Would be like my my concern and my question. You're absolutely right. When you have a lot of that going on on the runway, it can be distracting from the actual fashion show, which is why I believe this whole area and industry is over there. When I say over there, you have Fashion Week, you have Swimwear Fashion Week, you now have African Designer Fashion Week. It is now potentially a tech fashion week because everyone going is going to be in tune with paying more attention on the technology end as opposed to the designer end. But the other part to that is the actual engagement, which is where the social media piece comes in. Because a lot of that technology, again, it's not necessarily about those accessories, 
but it is about applications and how we, we're talking about this year, this year alone, the mobile industry, the smartphones and all of that have reached, and you can find these stats in Fast Company, have reached over $8 billion in sales. We're talking from the, the regular smartphones to every accessory that goes with it. And for 2014, they're looking at $12 billion. So if you're looking at an $8 billion mobile industry, there has to be a way, or you would want to find a way, to have your, a piece of it, somehow a piece of it. So I don't care if you're in fashion, you're in art, you're in visual, graphic, you could be an author, whatever. And that's why authors have Kindles. They have the Kindle version now, or you can get the audio version. Even in every single area of work, even with, I don't care if you're in finance, everybody has to find a way to have an electronic or technology platform for people to receive their product. So in fashion, we're talking about a multi-billion dollar business as well, and now you have the mobile industry, a billion dollar business. The collaboration of the two can be this massive explosive kind of experience, but at the same time, how do we manage it for it to make sense? And one of the things I would encourage for publicists who have designers who really want to make that connection if you take a look at, and it's not about copying someone or seeing what, what someone else is doing, I work in the reverse. At the end of the day, I have a target market, I have a niche, I have a group of individuals I'm targeting. Then you drill it down, just like your marketing analysis, you've done your focus groups and all of that. Then you drill it down to what industry is used, what, from that group, what application are they using or what mobile phone or device are they using? It's not always whether it's Apple or um, it could be Sprint or whomever. And then drill it down even further when you talk about age and demographics and all of that. There are ways, and, and this is kind of scary, there are ways to even determine your age group, the demographic, and in terms of even ethnicity, when they go online and what their searches are and what they're looking for. It's not difficult to figure out. It's not like you have to pay for this information. It's all online. And when you drill it down that far, you kind of can get a sense of, with that information, what mobile app, for instance, would they engage with easier. We definitely have Pinterest, and that's not even a mobile app, per se, that I'm talking about with technology. But I'm talking about people who are sitting there watching videos, watching runway shows, actually buying from the runway, which you can do, you can click and buy. It goes straight to the designer. You purchase it, get your size and all of that. All of that combined into the social media experience. And it sounds like a lot, and I, I'm not going to say it is not. It is certainly <laughs> a challenge now for publicists to now have to have this higher level and a different level of experience in the technology, or they'll bring in someone to do it. Now, for me, I have to have my hands on the pulse of what's going on. So I want to actually be the one to try it out and be the one to, to kind of pick it. Because if you bring in that outside person and that outside voice, they're looking more from a technology standpoint as opposed to what really fits with your designer. And it, it's really kind of, you're going to have to do a lot of trial and error. Trial and error. But I can guarantee that if the emerging designers right now do not have that any kind of technology mobile 
piece to whatever they're doing is going to be, I think it will be extremely challenging and, and almost a little bit more difficult to be competitive as they're coming out the box and really trying to grasp a particular demographic and sell. So it, even shoes, by the way, if, if anybody paid attention to shoes, there are things that are planted in shoes that can track your, some of them call it the, um, it's, a stress, it's a stress indicator, and it pretty much mm-hmm. kind of can read the, the I won't say vibrate, well, it's the vibrations for lack of a the technology term, in your feet, at the bottom of your feet, to determine your stress level. I don't care if you're wearing six-inch heels, five-inch heels, flats, or any of that, but there are ways they have these applications and these technology pieces that can determine that. And so it's becoming this phenomenon that I can guarantee you is not going away at all, at all, not at all. <laughs> For sure. Because the more I think about it, I can I can see how it can work because the automobile industry, um, they they infuse fashion with their ads and with their sales. Now you know Mercedes Benz, you know does the fashion week. Yeah. So I can definitely see where technology and fashion can definitely live and breathe in the same atmosphere and one not dominate the other. And it's all like you say, it has to be people who know social media, who know technology, who mm-hmm. also those fashion, so you can, and it has to be one person, so they can say, yeah, that will work, no, that won't, mm-hmm. because if you get three individual people, like a technology person, then a fashion person, then a social media person, they're all going to have different experiences and different levels of knowledge, so you're going to have, that, that's going to, that's a whole nother show on what, how do we do this, but if you get somebody who is technology savvy, fashion savvy, and PR savvy, then I can, I, I definitely can see how that can work. I definitely can see it, that as being the next thing. It, it is, and it actually now, you know how we have, we'll have a company that has the marketing department, and we have another company that will have the advertising department, you may have the PR department, then you have technology and all of that. When it comes to the more boutique companies like myself who are pretty much all of that, or we really have to be all of that, what it ends up doing is really forcing my hand, which I'm fine with, I love the challenge all the time, to be, I actually have to continue the education part of what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. even now, we used to think that throwing out a press release is, all, is, is a done deal. Well, publishers know that the press releases are, I won't say 70s or 80s, but kind of. It still works <laughs> to a degree, but it's certainly not that only thing that's going to make it work. If you don't, if you're not a blogger, publishers have to be bloggers now. They need to actually definitely be on, definitely have to have a social media piece, have to be on Twitter. They, some of them are even writing and ed- editors for magazines or newspapers. It can't be on the public, some are stylists as well. You may have a publicist who is actually could be an actor or an actress. So every, the game changes in terms of, Actually, what's, and even as a publicist, what's going to set you aside from the next client calling you? I would like to announce that um, right before we started this call, Glasshouse signed on a designer line by the name of Princess Punk. So congrats to Princess Punk, and they are, and can you imagine the play on those words, right? You have I love it. Have I love it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I love she, it. Yeah, and, and that was innovative in and of itself. 
So she was even forward-thinking, maybe not even knowing she was forward-thinking, as intelligent as she is. And a shout-out to Camilla Richardson, for, who is the designer and owner of Princess Puss, to actually bring those two together, two very different names that have different – everything is opposite. And bringing them together yeah. to create something pretty fantastic. Same thing in terms of the challenge that we have in terms of the new millennial came up with this, the new millennial publicist. What is going to put us apart, set us aside from actually from that designer coming on? And I would encourage, and I do it myself, sometimes I say I need a publicist. I'm a publicist who needs a publicist because <laughs> I, I, do, I do. I need a publicist. So if anyone's out there who's interested in being my publicist, um, I would consider. And I say that because I need to remain marketable. I need to remain on the cutting edge. And what does it for me in that regard is being on panels, speaking on panels, this radio show. Thank you very much, Loretta, for the blog talk with your station. That has allowed me a national platform to share my expertise and let folks know that beyond fashion and beyond publicity, that I have other skill areas at Glasshouse Communication. There's grant writing. We do strategic planning. We do fund development. We do all of that, and it's because of platforms like this who have allowed that. So we have to, to be on the cutting edge. We have to be on panels. We have to be called to the table in terms of being an expert in our fields, being, being all things outside of just I could do a press release and I could get you on the red carpet. And we have to be more than that. And I think when it comes to technology, it may be just a little tricky because I believe that most of the publicists now do not come from a technology background. We haven't gone to school for it or anything like that. But we have, we're educated in it because it's kind of forced our hand to be. But we haven't necessarily delved into it. But that doesn't mean, as you know, that doesn't mean we're not still mm, – I probably wouldn't go to a technology conference and be called to do HTML training or something like that, but I can certainly still bring value to the table in terms of how the technology industry, the mobile app, the tech fashion, all of that has influenced the game. Um, and some people think about – the, what do we call it, the streaming, the live streaming mm-hmm. as this new, and if, for those of us who know, New York Fashion Week is streamed live all the time. So the question becomes, well, why go? Why would I go to New York Fashion Week as a blogger or writer or whomever when I could just look at them, look at the shows online? At the end of the next day, as I always say, you have to be in the room in the room, in the energy, make the connections face-to-face because to sit in a silo in an office and just watch videos all day long, you're not really making too, too much of a connection, um, nothing that's <laughs> going to benefit you anyway. So those are kind of the areas that I wanted to share when it comes to the fashion piece, the technology piece, and really remaining competitive and at the top of your game in this industry. And it's only going to get dicier, let's just say. I'm pretty sure by January 2014, there's going to be something new. I don't know what it is, but I'm pretty sure there will probably be something new coming out for sure. 
Do you also advise your clients about that too? But you know, you just can't be one dimensional these days. You cannot just be a designer uh, and design mm-hmm. clothes. You still have to have, you know, be technologically savvy. Um, whether you, you you infuse that into your designs or not, but you need to know what's going on. You need to have some kind of um, social media presence, regardless mm-hmm. of your career. I think you're absolutely right, and I have been. I have been, I won't say surprised, as my, my dad says, never be surprised, be disappointed. It has been kind of disappointing <laughs> how some of, no, I won't say some, a lot of them have just remained that old school and pretty much content with the status quo. And for those designers, I, I would say they're more senior. When I say senior, <clears throat> They've been in the industry 25, 30 years. But even that, you bring in those individuals who can pretty much make that happen. But some are just afraid of the connection. Some are just afraid of that whole interaction. I cannot and will not take on a client. I don't care if they're an author, a designer, a graphic, a skateboarder, a sports person who does not have that. Whether they have it or not is one thing. Whether they're willing to have it is another. They have to be willing to have okay. it because they are part of this engagement. They are part of they are the product. So as much as sometimes I may tweet on a client's behalf because we manage Twitter accounts, still they have to they have to have a clue because they can be out and say, Yeah, about that Twitter that Twitter um comment you made and if they have no clue that you know that tweet you did and I'm thinking, okay, this is gonna be disastrous. Um, we they have to be connected. They have to have some kind of presence still. So I don't I won't say I globally reject, but I certainly have a conversation with a potential client that doesn't either have that or not interested in having that. And just to let them know it this is one of those things that you cannot not have or do right now. And I've shared this statement so many times. You would not believe the number of relationships that I'm able to package and have under Fashion on the Square without ever, ever seeing the sponsor, meeting the sponsor, having any kind of face-to-facing, everything. We've had phone calls. Everything has happened virtually. And that is huge because they, they're checking you out, they're Googling you, they're doing their background, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, whatever. They're doing their due diligence, and you have to keep that package pretty clean. But we're talking about international relationships that I'm able to have as a result of Fashion Square and never have laid eyes on these individuals. And that has a, that's, mm-hmm. all social, that's all being connected from a social media perspective. It, it is. That's, that's pretty much it. For sure. Yeah, for and that, sure. you know that's so difficult for people to understand. Well, I don't want to be on Facebook because I'm like, you know, don't get on it for your personal business, and don't be, right. you know, distracted by other people, whatever their chatter is about. You're there 
to uh, inspire people. You don't want to just say, buy my mm-hmm. brand, buy my brand. You want to create a relationship by sharing some inspiration, um, mm-hmm. you know, just doing doing it that way. And then talking about your brand as well. But it doesn't mean about, it doesn't have to be you went to the grocery store, you your boyfriend took <laughs> you out or your boyfriend made you mad or whatever. That is so childish to me. But if you want to do mm-hmm. that, that's you. But if it's about business, keep it about business. And so when people mm-hmm. tell me that, I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> and you own mm-hmm. a business and you need clients I'm just you know I'm, I'm I am so disappointed in them when they say that and so I was like okay. well and it's someone a lot of folks when they when I mention about they say oh, I got off Facebook I got off Facebook it's really what you put out is what you get in so what comes back mm-hmm. to you so I don't know how they started the conversation if they started in that realm but believe it or not Glasshouse Communication does not have a Facebook fan page what I did was when I created my personal page it was always Glasshouse. So, and I believe I shared this before, I've been out networking, and when I handed my card to folks, they remember me from Facebook because that has been my logo for years. Well, Facebook hasn't been around for years, but for the whole, I would say 95% oh, of the time yeah. that I've <laughs> 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 yeah, it, 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 I kind of call them maybe a couple years after they started. So it's really branding from the beginning and kind of making sure you're setting the tone of what your interaction will be. But, so I've kept it a personal page, but 90% of the postings are Glasshouse, and I really kind of have everybody go over to the Fashion on the Square fan page because that has become kind of the, a lot of the friends and folks that I have on Facebook are in the fashion or beauty industry or their models or whatever. But the referrals and the job that I've gotten from Facebook has been has been quite quite good because they constantly see I'm constantly posting my events. I'll be posting an announcement at least by tomorrow about Princess Talk and you know every every milestone that we do. I thank everyone and, and pretty much kind of put it out there. So definitely, there's a way. There are Twitter battles going on that I cannot believe that are just that cause <laughs> major industry situations, which is which is crazy, but. But certainly this conversation we will continue to have. I will continue to make sure I'm on the pulse of what's going on with tech fashion. As conferences come out that are geared to tech fashion, I'll make sure I share them with our audience as we do our, our show yes. monthly. And definitely mm-hmm. continue to follow follow me on Twitter at one of my two Twitter accounts. One is glasshouse.com and the other is Fox Passion, F-O-T-S Passion and um, always on Facebook as well. Love, love, love. I'm so glad that you took the time to be with us today to um, enlighten us and enlarge our information sales about tech fashion. <laughs> we are so in the know now, so we can have some intelligent conversations about it and really do some mm-hmm. research on it because it is going to be the next thing. Technology is, you know, we're it's a technology world we live in, so you got to keep up with whatever industry you're in. So I thank you mm-hmm. so much for doing that, for informing us, and congrats to your new Princess Punk client. I'm, I can't <laughs> wait to see those designs, designs, yes. designs, and look forward to talking to you next month. Thank you guys so much for listening to Loretta McNary Live Presents Wednesdays with Ian Burrell, our fashion and PR guru. As always, think positive, dream big dreams, help someone along the way, and we will see you very, very soon. Bye-bye, everybody.